Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. This is the Sales Bible Podcast, episode 457, the top 10 sales and marketing tips for 2023 with returning guest, Neil Christensen. Welcome to Sales Babble, the podcast that shares selling secrets for non-sellers. And now your host, Pat Helmers. Welcome, Neil. You ready to babble? Yes, I am, Pat. This is pretty awesome. You're actually in the Sales Babble studio. I'm back in the studio for the gazillionth time. Um, last time we did this, um, we were on the fire. Oh, yeah. Because there was a pandemic going on. We were freezing to death outside last time we did this, which sounded great in theory. Yeah, yeah. But two hours later, it was pretty dang cold. It was, it was, it was pretty cold, but we... But I would we, not want to be doing that today. No, it's bloody cold out there. It is cold today. Yeah. So it's been great. I would like to say you're the first person I've had back in the studio, but that's not true. I actually had Margo Vaselli in here just uh, two hours ago. I from, feel cheated. My cannabis podcast. I feel cheated like you just slid that in just to say I wasn't first. Yeah. Well, it does seem like that, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Seems like it was an intentional slight, be, but... I'm just trying to be no. authentic here. Okay. Um, so not only are we here to talk about the top ten sales and marketing tips for 2023 um which is how many times have we done this how many times have you been on a podcast i don't know been on the podcast and done the top 10 are two different things because i've been on as a guest not for the top 10 but this is like looking at my notes this is your geez pat we started this in 2014 i know now this is 2023 we missed last year so what does that make this the eighth one we've done my math skills are weak right now. I think so. Yeah, this is the eighth one, and I think I was on the show twice. I think I'm going on nine years on Sales Babble in March. Yeah. yeah. So I, this is probably my tenth time. I just don't know how to quit. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how to quit you. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing worse than those podcasts where they get started and they just go on and on and they on. They drone on with no point. Before they ever get to the talk, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is one of those episodes. <laughs> and especially people for this podcast are used to short and seven quick. minute episodes. Yeah. <laughs> this will not be a short and quick episode. So strap in, everyone. Yes, but we're going to be been, here a while. We've been doing this for a while, and these are very illustrative. I've always, I've always walked away smarter. You, know, you always give me a, a few thoughts in here that really. Well, and it also it just. Difference. It always makes me think each time when you when you challenge me to come up with these things, and I have to come up with actual salient points to make. So it's a I, good exercise. I, I'm a strong proponent of of New Year's resolutions. I believe in them. People laugh at them. I was just listening to another podcast where they were like, "That's just all baloney." I I, I, I totally disagree. I do goal planning in 2023. Um, I think New Year's is any as good of time as any to like start thinking about what we're going to do work on and what we're not going to work, you know, what we're not yeah. going to put our focuses on. Yeah. And I think things well, like you'll this like, are... you'll like number four on my list then, Pat, when we get to that. Oh. Oh. I have, I, 
Okay. All right. All right. All right. So start. Uh, but before we do that. Oh, the important stuff. Yeah. So. This is how we make the episode longer. This, this is how we make the episode longer. So what I've, what I've got here today is I'm a home brewer. And um, I've actually got three beers. They were down in the keyser, down in my little kegerator downstairs. And I just, these are freshly pumped in little bottles. And I th- thought we would try them. And you brought some beer too. So we have lots we have, to. We have plenty of beer. That we should not drink all of it, or oh, so we ha- we have a hazy IP. We have a hazy. We have a. You had me at hazy. An, uh, an extra st- a special bitter, an ESB, okay. Okay. British bitter, and we have a, uh, a, a a chocolate stout. Ooh, that sounds good too. So gonna... let's start with stout. It feels like a stouty day. Feels like a stouty day. Yep. All right. And I want to save that hazy for the end. I didn't hear Did much of a pop there. No. <laughs> There's this big buildup. This is, interestingly enough, this is... It smells good. Yeah, it, this is actually a duplicate of a recipe. And, and so I forgot to mention something. We actually have an audience today. We have Major John Helmers, who's being a major... Great audience. Yeah. <laughs> An audience of one. Hello. Major John Helmers is from, um, 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 oh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Omaha, uh, Fort Riley. Omaha, uh, no. But, he, but you're originally, you're, you're tied up with Fort Riley in Kansas. Kansas used to have Tallgrass Brewery. Tallgrass Brewery used to make buffalo sweat stouts. They went out of business. But I got the recipe, and that's what we're drinking here. That today. was a long way to go to make that connection. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Major John Helmers is from right here in the Sales Babble studio, isn't he? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, have we ever had an audience for it? Did Denise? Yes. Watch uh, I believe Chris year? was here once. One oh, year, Chris wasn't was here he? once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, you got you weren't first for this episode oh, at least. Born first. Born first. Yeah. Okay. But for the top ten show, the you not the first shows. audience. All right. So, let's. Uh, I'm re- I really want to talk about this stuff here. So, we'll go. Want me to go? Want yeah. Me to do the first one. Do the first one. This was one that I've been bumping into uh, all year long. Okay. And I think people totally don't get what branding is. People, uh, I've been doing a lot of mentoring and consulting with startups in the cannabis space. Mm-hmm. And they all think branding is having an Instagram account. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I laugh out loud? And getting lots of likes. Okay. Oh, maybe a YouTube account and getting lots of likes. I, w- I thought you were going to say it's having a logo and some cool colors. <laughs> and you have a really cool logo, right? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, people are just... I, 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 I see this all the time. And you see this in, in established companies that have been that have been in business for a long time, is what they truly don't get, what branding is their value proposition. Mm-hmm. And by value proposition, I mean my company helps this set of people with this specific set of problems or desires by providing a solution so they experience this set of, 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 of benefits. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. And, and, and then that all kind of gets wrapped up into you, what your brand is. And, the, and your brand is, is 
it differentiates you from everybody else. Correct. So they can say you're different because not because you have a red logo and they have a blue logo. That that's not what makes you different. Yes, right. In fact, we talked I, about this last. I talked about this last week on on sales babble. That as far as the buyer is concerned, everybody looks like a commodity. Correct. Yeah, you have to have some point of differentiation. I would say that a brand, you know, even beyond what you said, is um, it's the value, but it's what sets you apart. It's what makes you different. Um, I had it really good in my head until I started to talk, and then it just went away. So it'll come back to me here in a moment. But, yeah, it's more of it's for what, what you stand in, what you believe in. Yes. What you stand for, what you believe in. That's what yes. I wanted to say. It's what you believe in. It's, it's how you convey that to your customer. And um, it's the experience you offer. It's, it's all of those things. It's not just an Instagram account or a, a spiffy logo or a tagline. It's much deeper than that. It's, it, it's like the whole company. It's like your mission statement, your values. The whole company has to believe in that, and that's how you differentiate. That is absolutely right. Thank you. That's why I, 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 I like the word that you used. You said your, your values. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. in my mind really was. This is this is this is how we provide value to our customers, mm-hmm. and they appreciate it, right? Um, and we're the only ones doing it this way. Yeah, yeah, that exactly because nobody can duplicate that set of values, that experience, that put that all together, all those different points, and nobody else is going to do it exactly the same way you do. So, and, and so the reason why this is important is if you're if you're if you're selling. Or if you're, try, if you're trying to market a product and you don't have that clear in your mind, you're going to struggle and think things aren't working for other reasons. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know, go back to, uh, you know, cheesy example, but Apple versus uh, Microsoft. You know, what's the feeling you have of one versus the other? That's their brand. Like, that's how the brand comes to life is what do I, how do I feel when I think about Mac? How do I feel when I think about a PC? Two different feelings, and you're going to attract those that are like the one feeling over the other. But 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 see, you're starting to get in that spot where I do bump into people. They're all about the feeling sometimes. Yes, and they don't clearly understand their value proposition. You're mm-hmm. Like this is the sense I want to get. But yeah. you know what? The name that you just called your company does not give that to me. Yes, it, you may have that feeling, mm-hmm. but I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it at all. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder why they can't SEO the company, and then they wonder why they why, why they have to keep t- t- keep telling people they're mispronouncing it or they're <laughs> or they're misspelling it. I got to tell you how to pronounce the name of the company. We're in trouble. Yeah, it's not a good start. But you see that all the time because we're being clever. We're trying to be clever. We're trying to I'm be trying too to, clever. Trying to stand out. Yeah, but you have to. But you have to stand out in the context of, and I just want to keep going back to this, you know, this set of people who have this specific set of problems or aspirations yep. that are going to experience a, a, a solution that you have, so they have these this benefits. And if it's not that, yes, you don't got a brand. No, you need all these pieces. So that's my that, that feel good or rant on that. <laughs> that, was, that was your out of the gate. <laughs> Base hit. <laughs> that makes sense? Oh, yes. Yeah. Cool. All right. The audience <laughs> agrees. Audience <laughs> <Next>. unanimously agreed. 
Um, next. Oh, that's me. All right. So I have my first one. It's just, it's just a thought. It's um, that today we are really competing with the fractionalization of attention. Yes. And the mountains, and I mean mountains of information that assault us each and every day. Yes. And um, it's so hard to get attention today. And it's so hard to pay attention today as a, as a consumer, as just a person in life. It is insane. I was given some thought to this recently. I was thinking about my grandfather, who was a prison guard at Stateville in the 60s and 70s. And I'm thinking, how much information did he get each day in just his typical day? Probably got up and listened to the radio while he was making coffee, going, getting ready for work, going to the office, office, into the prison, probably got some report of what happened overnight, you know, read that. Maybe read a, maybe, maybe wrote read a report a at the end the of the day. Yeah, maybe read the newspaper, came home, maybe watched the news or listened to it on the radio. And that was it. I consume that much before I'm out of bed. Like, just literally. I'm still in bed, and I have that bad habit sometimes, not every day, but some days of rolling over, grabbing the phone or the iPad, and just, it's insane how much we're exposed to. And it's no wonder we're going crazy, just trying to take in all that information and figure out what to do with it. Like, how do you even begin to figure out what to do with all that? So, from a marketing and sales perspective, we have to keep in mind that People are just assaulted, and to try to stand out in that anymore is really hard to do. And um, just to make make it so that they know what to do. There's just too many choices, way too many choices. So I don't know what to do with this. This was just an observation I've had lately. Just this horrible fractionalization of attention. Well, I, I think I think that brings up a point. Something I bring, I do, I've been doing a lot in, in a lot of my mentoring most recently is that that's why you need to follow up a lot when you're trying to connect oh, with yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you there's know, there's a good way to bring it home, Pat. You know, I called him home. I called him once. once. And I left a voicemail yeah. and then I sent him an email. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I'd go all out and I looked for him on on LinkedIn and I tried yeah. to connect with him. Yeah, yeah, you got to do that like five more times. At least. Oh, but they're yeah. going to think I'm pushy. No, they're no. not. No. They're, they're head down in the news. They're lost on Instagram. They're whatever. They are so buried in data that they've completely forgotten about you. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Huge problem. And in my own life, I've just been trying to figure out how do I get rid of all this crap? Like, how do I... How do I get some of this out of my head to make space for things that really matter. And it's, you know, just consciously deciding not to consume a lot of things, but also just finding better ways to process the information that does come in. But most people aren't going to be that mindful is what no. you're doing here. No. What, what you're going to need to do is, it, what we need to do as marketers and sellers is be more patient mm-hmm. and just and be more more tenacious. Yes, I would we say just, tenacious. We just, we just yeah. gotta, we gotta mm-hmm. stick, stick with it. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, there's a lot. Yeah. All right. Number three, Pat. All right. Let's see. Oh, this is a big one for me. 
The most persuasive sellers are the buyers. I like that one. As everybody knows on this podcast, and some people probably left the podcast because of this, but I've gone all in Taoist. Yes. In this, on this podcast. This is not a Taoist episode today. Isn't it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, in, in many ways we are. Yeah. Right? To, 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 to encapsulate that, Taoism is fundamentally about the notion that everything is interconnected. Mm-hmm. And the way things flow together is through action, you know, actionless action, through frictionless action. And things just kind of naturally happen. Just like, I like to think of myself, we should be in logs. Then when you toss them in the river, you flow with the river. And you'll go farther. And if you try to paddle upstream... This is like a log-floating conversation. This is a log-floating... It's very free-flowing. We're we're just taking it as it goes. Yeah. And um, you can apply this mindset to sales and marketing. Okay. That's that's what the podcast is all about. Yeah. And the biggest thing that's come around is that, is that this is the antithesis of mostly everything you read about in, in sales and marketing. Like I just started listening to this one podcast. I won't call them out. But it is just a bro-fest of testosterone. <laughs> My favorite podcast. <laughs> I don't even know the one, but I love the bro-fest of testosterone podcast. And they're all about, you know, you know customers are like, it's like going hunting. You know, oh yeah. You know, you got to scope them out. You got to you got to sneak up on them, then you shoot them. Yeah, and you kill them, and you skin it, and you're yeah. like, that's how wow. they see. That's how they see buyers. That's mm-hmm. how they see prospects as prey. As prey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see buyers and customers that way, prospects that way. Picture a possibility that that as a seller, your job is just to facilitate a conversation in the buyer's own head. Mm-hmm. And this is whether the no matter what these guys think, the internet has completely reinvented selling. Oh yeah, buyers have a lot more control than they used to have. They used, right. to, used to have to go to the dealer to get a brochure on the car, and I I remember doing that. And you didn't want to because you knew you would be assaulted, right? That, that you you felt like prey walking into the dealership, right? right. Mm-hmm. And they had practiced selling every day. Yes, so they were on their game. Unlike me, who buys a car, you know, once every how many years? Three years, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Four years, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so, but picture the, but, but I think the possibility is more like if the seller can help facilitate a buyer to like talk out, kind of like a therapist mm-hmm. or a bartender at a bar, right? Yes. Saying, <laughs> yeah. You know, what's going on? What are you thinking? What are the choices you have? You know, you could do this, you could do that. Yeah. And where the buyer says, you know what, I think this would work for me. Mm-hmm. Talk themselves into it. Right. That's masterful selling. I, I, yes, I don't believe you force anyone to buy anything they didn't want to buy. Nope. And if you do, if you happen to do that, it's not going to be a good experience for either one of you. No. 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 It's icky, both directions. Right, right. You're not going to get repeat business. In a no. world of relationships, in a world of social media, where it don't take much for someone to call you out and right. start crapping all over your company. Right. Exactly. That's where I mean it's not going to be good for either one of you. You might have their money, but now you've got to go find a new customer. Every, every sale is a new, is a new is like you're starting over. The best kind of, the easiest sales are the up sales. People have already yeah. bought from you before. Right. Come back and say, did you run out of that? You want some more? Yeah. 
you want to do that and add on to that. Force them to buy something they didn't want in the first place. You're never coming back. Yeah, it's really hard to do that. They mm-hmm. can tell all their friends. Right. They're going to go on Amazon. They're going to feel one used. Star, one star. They're going to feel icky. Nobody wants to feel icky. No, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Is it, um, The power of questions in sales, not telling, but asking, and getting people to make their own conclusions, and uh, you know, guiding them down that path, not just random questions, but questions with a point that gets them to draw a conclusion. To, like you said, they become their own salesperson. They decide they need it, not you. And maybe they decide they don't. So what? Then it's a, you know maybe someday they will. I've still got a good feeling about you. You know the, the way the way I look at that is that if they're not buying now, but but you're not burning any bridges, right? They might buy someday. Yes, they might go someplace Absolutely. else, and there's no reason you can't reach out to them six months and say, "How did that go?" Yep. And they might say, "You know what? You know what? It didn't go very well." Yep. I'm, well, I'm not. I'm not back? angry at you. Would well, you like to restart this conversation? I, yeah. 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 The power of the long game. It's a long game. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a long river. Wu Wei River. We are flowing the river to, we are deep to. on the on the river symbolism today. Yeah. Next. Next. Um, speaking of power, my next one is the power of a killer offer. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Um I've been thinking about this a lot lately, because I'm working on some trying to revise offers. But um, so many people think of an offer as just like, here's what I have, and here's the price. But there's other pieces that are in that puzzle that we forget about. And as a consumer, you know them, but when you go to put an offer together, you don't consider, usually most people don't consider them. And the two pieces that everybody leaves out are simplicity and time. How easy, it to, how easy is it to do or use, and how fast can you make it happen? And people will pay for those two things. And we forget that. We get all caught up in just, you know, price or adding more to the, you know, adding more to the product, giving more, but not solving those other variables that people really want. So for me, you know, I'm busy. I don't have time to uh, get on the phone and go through your whole 50-step process or fill out your form, or do all these things, all this back and forth, I want easy. I want, you know, I want to buy it fast. Or if it's something I have to you know, consume, maybe I want to get it fast, or maybe I, have to, I want to implement it fast, or whatever it is. Time is money. Time is money. And uh, you can greatly increase the power of uh, the value of an offer by reducing the amount of time. And you can greatly uh, increase the value of an offer by... Uh, Increasing the simplicity of implementing. So both of those things, time and simple, making it easy for people. And, um, I mean, I've had some recent experiences where things were not easy. Like, I, I, was, I was standing there with someone, literally, in front of them, and said, can we schedule this stuff? No, um, you know, you shoot me some dates, and then we'll see. Like, we're both standing here. I got my freaking calendar in my hand. But no... We drug it into like a 10 email exchange back and forth of that doesn't date doesn't work. Well, will this date work? Will that date work? Frickin' eight people. I was standing there with a calendar and it could have been done in two minutes. But instead, you put all this crap on my to do list and made it not easy for me to buy. So these are the kind of things I'm talking about. Um, 
one of my employees just the other day was trying to buy some software and she sent me the email of all the steps she had to take to install the software and get it to run. They'd sent her this email and it had like literally 15 screenshots, red arrows, um, copy and paste this key and put it over here and do this and do this. And she wrote me and said, I'm out. I don't have time for this. This no. And it's like a competitor to Hootsuite. Have you ever used Hootsuite? Yes. How easy is that? Oh, I, yes. In five minutes, you can have an account up and running. Yes. And stuff in it. They were significantly cheaper than Hootsuite. You want to know why? Because it's a pain in the ass and nobody's going to pay them for it. So there you go. That's, that's my, the power of a killer offer, and it's not just the price or the product. Yeah, that, yeah. My thoughts. Okay, before you go on to the next one, Pat, do you have any more of that stout left, or we drink it all? Because that was good. It's it's gone. Oh. That's too bad. Want to do another one? Okay. <laughs> Twist my arm, please. Oh, you want to do the hazy last? Yeah, we'll save the hazy. What was the other one? This is an ESB. ESB. This is one of my this is one of my favorite styles of beer. My first experiences when I was working in London. It's very, very, very popular. It's a very low alcohol beer that you eat that you can have for lunch. Oh, the businessman special. Businessman special. It's called an ESB, but they're not necessarily that bitter. Oh, it's just more kind of a mild. It's very it? mild. I don't think I've had one of these before. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting drinking it after that. Yes, it's quite a change. It's a bit of a shock to the system. Wow. You going to be okay? Hmm. Yeah, it's malty. Yes, that's the word. Huh. Definitely. Interesting. Definitely malty. You made it. it tastes Don't look very at it like that. When I always drink it a First, mm-hmm. we probably didn't go in the correct order today. This was not the correct order. No, we should have gone light to heavy, right? Yeah, but but we're mixing you, it up. You're a guest. It's sales babble. All right. What's the next one? Am I next? Yeah, you're next. Oh, this one. Oh, is this for? Should I get out another soapbox for you? <laughs> you need something to stand on? Megaphone. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, Yes, AI is a car wreck, <laughs> and it's like you're driving by, and you shouldn't look at it, yeah. but you can't help but look. Yeah. And why, why do you uh, compare AI to a, to a car wreck? So I don't know if anybody's tried any of these, and I thought I had, I, I thought I actually, I'm looking at my notes here. I don't have them on this. I don't know where I put them. There were three tools okay. that I've been, been, been working with. The, the ones is, let, let, do the business one last. Um, one is character.ai. Okay. Have you ever fiddled with that? Not played with that one? Uh, very, very interesting. It's got characters in there like um, Elon Musk. Loud, okay. loud say. You know, people who are famous and they've kind of programmed in answers. You ask these people, these, these, these oh. bots questions. Okay. And the answers are unbelievably spot on. Okay. Interesting. Super, unbelievably. I I just I, I I can't get over how how good they are. And does the loud say one is like 
really gives really good solid answers. And this is where the car wreck part comes in. Like, why should I care about that? Because, like, I, I just came up with a great business idea for a client last week, um, building an expert system in the cannabis space. Okay. And if you could do something with natural language where people could ask questions, it would allow them to steer them and, and teach them about various products to use or not. That kind of thing you know, is a, doesn't exist right now. Right. So you're, so you're would, talking about a high-powered chatbot. High-powered expert system. Yeah. Sounds better than chatbot. That's, <laughs> that's basically what it is. Yeah, you can use it for support and stuff like that. But the, right, right. But something more in-depth, the more, you know, it, it would act, maybe even ask you more for more interesting conversations and things like that. I think it's like, it's so good, it's scary. Yeah. The new one, um, I'm drawing a blank what it's called, AI, what are those guys called? The new chat. What's that new tool called? It's a chat tool? Chat G. CHT? Chat GPT. GPT. There we go. Right, by OpenAI. I've heard of it. I've never used it or played with it. It's unbelievable. And what does this one do? Like, you you could ask it to say, um, you know, I asked it a question like, um, were Lenin and Stalin great leaders? Okay. Um, You could ask questions like, you know, how do I set up... Um, I I have a battery, a charge controller, and a solar panel. How do I set it up? Yeah. <laughs> and it gave me generically good... Solid answers. So- solid answers. Okay. You know? Yeah. You know? Um, what are the strengths and weaknesses of communism? Because like a five-point answer. It's mm-hmm. like, wow. So... I've heard of people like using these for writing letters. Yeah. To to insurance companies. Okay. Students using them to write term papers. Yeah. Because what what it's doing is it's pulling everything from the internet. Right. It's making inferences. Yes. That, that haven't that haven't existed before on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's creating connections that never have been before, never been typed before. Mm-hmm. Not that it hasn't been thought of by somebody. It, it they do a lot of parroting, but yeah, but in a new way. I would as a WordPress meeting last week, and they were t- and there was there were some people there were saying they were using AI to write to do an awful lot of blogging. Yes, this has been my experience with it. And Google supposedly can like tell now, and yep. you got to put errors in it to fool it, and yeah. So it's just like so. Blogs would be written by computers, and there's probably computers out there doing likes and comments on social media. Yeah. Is anybody buying anything here? No. This is, this is the, going back to point number one, fractionalization of attention. This is just more crap that is out there in the world for us to have to weed through. Isn't that bad enough? We've got to weed through all the humans. Now we've got to weed through all the bots and all the AI. Yeah. What was the third thing? You said there was a third tool. Uh, this is an interesting tool. These guys I met at Podcast Movement, it was called Memento. 
And what it does is it actually will listen to my podcast, build a transcription, and automatically start creating headlines, taglines, and, and notes, show oh, notes. Okay. Interesting. I've been playing some with that. It's very, very interesting technology. So it's, I had one for, I subscribed to it for a long time, months and months. It was, uh, I think it's called Jasper AI. And it, uh, it was primarily used for blogging, writing articles, writing emails, writing sales copy, you know, anything. Um, I found it good for giving you ideas, not good for finished output. It needs a lot of, a lot of help. You know, yes, it's legible, but it doesn't sound like a, like something I would have written or even a quote unquote normal person would have written. It sounds a little robotic sometimes. Sometimes it just comes up with stuff that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, but you can give it voices like you were talking about. Like I could say, write in the voice of Mark Twain and it would write something, you know, in his voice or write uh, something angry or something happy or so you could give it tonality as what, but like you were saying, it goes back and it scrapes the web for everything, everything. And it puts it all together. And so you could ask it questions just like you could just tell it to write an article about what was it you said, setting up a solar transformer or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it could write that for you. It may or may not be factually correct, but it'll give you like the, the framework in that. So I found it needed a lot of help once you had the output. Uh, but I found it was good for just ideas. Like, give me some headlines. Give me some. Well, um, I think that's what OpenAI has done here. They, yeah. just, they just released this a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, because they wanted to see what, how people would use it. Because they've got stuff in there like, if you ask how to make a bomb, yeah. it says no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it says, who. You know, who, who is the best Nazi? Oh, great. You know, Valuable it, information. It, it, won't, it won't give you an information. It won't, give, it won't answer that. But you can see it, that there's still bi- there's bias in there. And that's the... The, the... This company just recently came out with one for... Um, well, and, you know, you've seen it all over the web, too. So they're just jumping on the bandwagon, bandwagon. But one for graphics, one for pictures as well, where you can just put in a description and it will make an image for you based on that description. And oh, have you seen that? Yes, yeah. I've not used it, but a friend of mine's used it, and he showed me some of the images. Some of it's amazing, and some of it is just yes, wrong, just very wrong. <laughs> like you'll see pictures of people with like three eyes or something, where it just it just totally missed the mark. Um, so it's a work in progress, but I've seen some that's pretty good. Um, again, the output you get. The, the best stuff I'm seeing is people are taking that output and putting it into Photoshop and fixing it. Yeah. So they have to... It gives them a start. It gives them a start, but it's not... But you're not going out hiring a graphic artist to create something from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's coming to... Like, nothing is real anymore. But even what is real? Like, the definition, you know, what, what anymore... We're getting deep now. Well, Neil, you know, I'm, I'm a Taoist when it comes to this stuff, you know? I think... I, th- I think I think people have this notion of that we're somehow we're somehow placed in the world, you know. Yeah. Actually, we are of the world. Yeah, we're just like everything else in the world—the rocks and the trees and the dogs and the cats—and we're in there with all of it. We're all interrelated. All got the same DNA. All made of the same carbon molecules. Oh, we're all we're all together, and so are these. So are these algorithms. These algorithms came from us. 
Yeah. Yep. But, so in that but, sense, is it real? It is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, it's interesting stuff. It's like, um, like I say, I, I don't want to say it's all bad. I can't help but want to look at it. I think I can't it, help but want to try it and fiddle I, with it. It's I like I think it's way too early. It's coming, mm-hmm. but I don't find it usable yet. I canceled my subscription because I just got tired of trying to make it work. Gotcha. It just was more effort than it was worth. That's mine. With that said, I just took another swig of this yes. ESB. Yes. It's a pretty good beer. Yeah. It was, I had to get my you had palate to clear reset. Out the stout first. I had to get my palate reset. You should have had some of the cheese or something yeah, reset. I got some crackers in there. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, no, this is good. This is good. Yeah. It's very different, though. That was going from night to day. This is this. It's a very different style. Yeah. The next one's a hazy, so that'll be. Which I'm all in. Yeah. I got to finish this one so we can get to hazy. All right. So I think. All right. Am I up? I think you're up. I'm yeah. up. With number what is it six? Um. My number six. My 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 third thing, which I believe is number six overall. Um, the death of digital marketing. Oh, well, I missed that. <laughs> the death. Of, you know, did, did you go to the funeral? <laughs> <laughs> I missed the funeral. Basically, everything old is new again, Pat. Like there was this whole rise up over the last ten years of digital marketing, and it was a thing. Like it was its own thing. And now I'm looking around, and people aren't talking in those terms anymore. I don't see people saying digital marketing like they used to all the time. Like you go look at want ads, you don't see all this digital marketing focus. Now you just see marketing, which it's always been. But we gave it this fancy label of digital marketing and made it special. It really was just marketing with just a different tactic, a different tool, different tool set. Um, And now I'm seeing people circling back to, you know, direct mail and more traditional ways of marketing and advertising that we all fled and went to this whole holy grail of digital. And um, I, I just find it kind of almost humorous. <laughs> like we, we had this whole digital is special kind of thing, and I'm, I'm seeing that die now. I just don't see people uh, talk about digital marketing like they used to. Just an observation. But it goes back to my previous point, the power of an offer doesn't matter where you make the offer. The offer is the power, not the digital, you know, not the Facebook ad or the direct mail piece mm-hmm. or the ad in the newspaper. It's the offer that makes the that makes it sell, not that it, the fact that it was digital. So, um, people used to talk about digital marketing like it was this mystic um, uh, thing that you know had all this power on its own, and it never did. But I think we're starting to realize that now and it, coming back around. In fact, it always fell back on old school techniques mm-hmm. like headline writing, mm-hmm. articles that were written in the 20s, mm-hmm. the 30s on art, you know, how to get a catchy yeah. headline. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. The whole, the whole digital uprise, all the opt-in pages and landing pages and all that. Yeah. They were all learning from Ogilvy and yes. all these guys back yes. from the 30s and... I got um, I got a little of these book you know, up there. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Sugarman, yeah, uh, you know the Blue Blockers guy. 
Um, they were learning from all those guys and just taking those concepts and putting them in a digital platform. Digital wasn't anything special. It was just cheap. It was just cutting edge. It was just, um, you know, there weren't many players there. So it made it kind of stand out. But that's not true anymore. I mean, who's spending all the money on digital ads now? It's not the, the cutting edge people anymore. It's now, you know, Coke and Volvo and, you know, Chrysler and whoever. They're the ones spending all the money now. Um, you know, who are, all the, who are all the advertisers fleeing Twitter right now that they care about? They don't care about you and me fleeing Twitter with our little pittance mm-hmm. of advertising money. They care that, you know, GM wants to bail or whoever, right, United right, right, or right, whatever. Right, 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 right. So um, it's all just, it, it doesn't, it's not special anymore. No. Yeah. Interesting, interesting in the dispensary business. You can't, can't do digital ads. No. Facebook doesn't allow it. Google, right, Google right. doesn't allow it. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do you find out where dispensary is? Mm-hmm. Billboards. Yeah. Good old-fashioned billboards. Yeah. I see a lot of them, too. You do see a lot of QR codes now. Yeah. The, the, they have finally found their place. Mm-hmm. And they've been around for a dozen years. Yeah. And finally, you do see QR codes all over the place. Yes. Yeah, I, that... I think um, they finally got the technology on our phone super simple for those now. Yeah. It used to be you had to have a special app to read them and yes. all that. Now you just point your camera at it and pops to the website. You're there. Yep. yep. That's a good one. Next one. Leadership demands followership. Working with a lot of companies about management. And there's a lot of confusion on what great management is. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I've really embraced this notion that when the, when the big work is done, the people say they did it. And it's not the leader taking all the praise. Even though they're the person in the background, they got all the parts in place that made everything all happen. But they're not the ones taking the credit. And those are the people, those, that's the best leadership. And I think a lot of people really forget that, especially in, these, in, the, in the era of social media. People when, want to build, how do you build my personal brand? Right? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, so. Well, and, and also the leaders we look to on social media or quote-unquote leaders, uh, that we look to on social media are the ones doing the chest thumping and and the you know braggadocious BS. Whereas I don't, I agree that's not the that's the powerful leadership style to me. That the quote lead came from behind. From, the, the quote. This is a, a Taoist quote. You know, yeah. You know, the great, the greatest leadership when the when the job is done, the people say we did it. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that first turned me on to this to this yeah. stuff. Because I started applying it immediately. And people were asking me stuff like, well, Pat, why aren't you telling me exactly what to do? I'm like, I want you to figure it out. You know? Right. I want you guys to talk amongst yourselves. It, you know? It comes back to the, the, um, the point you made earlier about the best um, buyer. What, what was the quote? The mm-hmm. best seller is the buyer? Yes. It's the same idea. Well, I guess, I guess yes. It's the same idea. Mm-hmm. The best leader is the one being led. And people, people need to 
need, need to get this. I, I see so much of this. There was just this huge blow up of anti-work on Reddit this year. Remember? Mm. Somebody beginning in the earlier in the year. People bitching and moaning and complaining about where they work. Mm-hmm. And there was a great, the great resignation. Right? Yes. Now, yep. now, supposedly the great layoffs, though. That's kind yeah. of baloney because actually everybody's hiring and they can't yeah. fire anybody. Right. My, it's a select few of companies that are laying off. Some tech companies. But they have big, yeah. big names, yes. But a lot of people are really unhappy with, with work. And if you go on to the subreddit of anti-work and you start reading those stories, you're like, they have good reason to complain. Mm-hmm. These bosses stink. Yes. Yes. They're awful. Yes. They're asking dumb things of people, and they're forgetting that it's, it's, a, it's a trade that you're making. You give me work, I give you money. Mm-hmm. And people aren't doing it as volunteers. Well, and right now, people have choices. You know, everywhere you look, somebody's got out a help wanted sign. So people have choices. I don't have to put up with your BS, with your bad leadership, your BL. Um, I've been working with manufacturers this year. Can't find people. Yeah. Good pay. Nice places. Mm-hmm. Clean, tidy. Not, you know, not, 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 not your granddad's manufacturing plant. Right. Can't find people. Good pay. Like. Yeah. Well, you know what else it comes back to? Your very first point, which is brand. Mm-hmm. I think part of the brand is also part of the workplace. It comes back to those values. Oh, yeah. And all of that. Oh, yeah. People that, want to believe in where they work. Oh, that's, that's good. That's good connection. Yeah. We're coming full circle, Pat. The river just the took river. a turn. It's, it's, and it's it came a, back and it, ate itself. Maybe yes. it's really a vortex. Yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, I completely agree with your um, bad leadership. Uh, uh, yeah, I see that everywhere as well. Yeah. The days of yellers and screamers are long over. The days of, you know, just being the, the pushy, do it my way or the highway kind of thing. I don't that that doesn't work anymore. We have choices. I don't what is up with people? I, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um Are we gonna are we your, gonna, your glass empty? My glass is empty. I was gonna say, are we also gonna pour one another one before we get to these last couple? Okay. This is the hazy. Oh, the hazy. Yeah. That looks beautiful. Oh, it smells beautiful, too. Look at, um, it's darker than I expected. It is a little dark for a hazy. You know, and and I know the malt, I I brewed this. I know it wasn't that dark of a Mm. malt, was it? What do you have in there? Oh, my goodness. There's a ton of hops in this. Mm. There's a ton of hops. Which ones? Is there any... Hmm? Is there any fruity to this? There's a little... No, no really. It's all hops. Hmm. This is my wife's favorite. That's nice. You making me some it's of that? It's got a bite on the end. Mm-hmm. It? Yeah, I like that one. I like this one. Hmm. All right, you ready for my next one? I am indeed. This is the one you're going to like. And I almost deleted this one. I, I waffled back and forth on this one, but then you went on a whole rant at the beginning, so I'm glad I left it. I may not like it, though. I think I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? <laughs> you have no idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to talk about the power of a goal. 
really? Yeah. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. No. I thought you were going to tell me, I got, this new, I got this new goal-saving tool I want you to talk about. No. Talk about. Mm. No. It was it's just the power of a goal. The power of a goal. The power oh, of having a goal. Oh, my goodness. I am totally... Are you... Did oh, I, oh, by the way, just next week's episode... Yeah. Goal setting? Goal setting. For 2023? I, I've been working on yeah. mine. I've been, I've been passing out my whole process to... Mm-hmm. I've, I've read them to three people in the last five days. Yeah, I'm totally... I don't even have to talk on this. Go, Pat. Go. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> No, I it, it, it just did. I, um, I was at I, I joined a new group, and I was there, and um, somebody asked what I thought was a really kind of silly question, but they, they, they were talking about budgets. You know, like people at year end, people getting their budgets ready for next year, and he's like, "Why do we need a budget? It just costs what it costs." And I'm just like, "Oh, oh, you didn't." And uh, and, the, and the budget was really. Like another version of a goal. You know, if you don't have any idea where you're going, you're going to end up somewhere else. And if you don't have a budget, it's just we're going to spend what we spend. And nobody's going to think twice about it. Nobody's going to say, hey, should we be spending this much? This was a for- we? for-profit venture? Yeah, yeah. And um, so, but that just got me thinking of the power of, the, of goals because it's not just, you know, budget is one thing, but just goals overall. Um, again, if we, even for myself, they're very important, but when leading others, if nobody knows what, one of the things I get asked a lot in the organization is, uh, what's our goal? Where are we going? What are we doing? They want to know. And if I don't, if I can't tell them that, um, you know, that, that dissolves confidence. You know, they don't believe in where we're going. Again, they got to believe in what's going on. Right. And they, they don't believe on where we're going if I can't, if I can't even tell them. Right. Uh, you know, I can tell them and they might not agree with it. That's one thing. But to not even be able to tell them, that's a whole level of, whole other level of no confidence. So, um, and just, I see amazing things happen when people have goals. We had a Facebook post the other day we put out was uh, what was your sales goal in 2022 and where are you at right now? And it was amazing that 95% of them were over their goal. Easily 95% of them were over their goal. My thought when seeing that was if they didn't have a goal, where would they be? Would they be at that number or would they be half of that? Um, So, you know, and then some people will say, well, you know, then if we don't hit the goal, well, if you didn't have a goal, you never would, you're not going to hit anything. You got to have some idea of where you're going. So to me, I think it's just a matter of mindfulness. Yeah. It's just about being awake to what's going on mm-hmm. and, that, and that you're living each day with a set, with a, with, with intention. With intent. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Jinx with yeah. intention. Yeah. 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 I, you don't want to, it's, it's fun to wing some things. Mm-hmm. And you could actually say there's a Taoist notion that you should be winging more of life, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, 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 the, but I think it's a good idea to have a, a, a. I've always found it valuable in having a sense of where I'm going, so I knew which direction to go. Yep. This year I had a personal income goal. I didn't hit it, but I did better than you know I probably would have without it. I had a savings goal, and I hit that. But I, I don't think, you know, if I hadn't sat down mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year and said, 
Because there were moments where I'm like, I don't really want to be sending off this money. So how but do you I keep up it. on your goal? How do you keep? How are you keeping up on your momentum throughout the year? Um, oh my! Well, the first thing is I just I track it religiously. So I'm constantly okay. going back and looking at where am I compared like to the goal. Mon- you're monthly looking at this yeah, for for savings. It's monthly. Um, for my personal income goal, yeah, it's monthly. It's probably more than that. I'm looking at that probably once a week. Um, but it just, where am I in relation to that goal? And then if I'm above or behind, especially if I'm behind, what can I do? What, what am I missing? What could I be doing to hit that goal that I'm not doing today? And so it's just constantly making me check in with myself to make sure I'm on track. And I, I, yeah, I don't think a lot of people do that. I know they don't. I know they don't. And, and a lot of business owners don't do that, which blows my mind even more. I mean, I, I, I can see just the general public not being really goal-oriented, but if you own a business... Think of the responsibilities they have. Debt they have to deal... Debt, debt that they're carrying. Mm-hmm. Employees that they have, they have to, to yeah. make payroll. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, taxes they got to get paid. Right. I mean, yeah. You would think you'd want to be on top of that. You don't think you'd want to have that spring up on you like, oh, oh here's a bill I got to pay. So oh, what a surprise. So many business owners um, I see just managed by the rearview mirror. You know, what happened? What already happened? And it's too late if it already happened. We can't just look behind us constantly. We got to be looking ahead because I can't change anything behind me. No. And I think most. Most businesses that I consult with and deal with manage in the rearview mirror. And that's not having a goal. Awesome. All right. My turn. We're bringing it home. This is your last one. The Secret Sauces Community. I love that one. I think, I think we're at a weird point in our culture. And I have a feeling this is all going to tie into what we've already spoken. Yeah, we're coming full because circle Because I've been kind again. of hearing this, and I think you're, you're totally going to get, you're, you're totally going to wrap this up for me. Is that there, people are lonely. The pandemic exasperated it even more. Mm-hmm. Exasperated. Yes, <laughs> I get the word. Exasperated. Uh, anyway. You had it. <laughs> Amplified. We'll people, go with amplified. Uh, it, <laughs> let's start all over. The pandemic. The, the pandemic even made this all the more worse. Yeah, because people people want to be a part of something, mm-hmm. but people don't know how to do it, mm-hmm. and everything that's going on is making it worse. I'm not going to go to stores. Why do I want to go? I might bump into somebody, right? I'm going to have Amazon deliver it to me, right? Yeah. Like you were talking about that, I think, a year or two ago. Well, how awesome Home Depot is. I don't need to go in there anymore. Right. I'm not going to rub elbows with anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to go to Star. I'm going to order my Starbucks before, and I'll only be in there 30 seconds. Yep. Then why don't I have to talk to anybody? Yep. And then they go off. and they An introvert's dream. And, then, and then, then they go off and wonder, how come I can't meet anybody? Because <laughs> yeah. you're not. Because you're because you're doing the drive through for everything. Yeah. You're living your life in a little quiet place and people think their community 
is on Instagram, mm -hmm. on TikTok, mm -hmm. on YouTube, mm -hmm. following people, influencers on, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. that's, not, that's not real. No, no. That's not real. And when businesses can create community, mm -hmm. amazing things can happen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, they can. And if you can build a world where people really get to know one another, there are digital communities that, that truly do exist. I mean, there, there are, but it's harder. Yeah. But if you could do it in person somehow too, mm -hmm. that is extremely powerful. And, and now I'm speaking about this, I'm thinking about your buddy Tom. Well, I was going to circle that back, yeah. Because that's, that's what we've built over there. And they, they, come for, they come for one thing, they stay for the community. We hear that over and over and over again. They stay for the community. Reber teaches um, Bus um, um, business development. Business coaching for uh, contractors. Yes. But that's not what all you're doing in that. That is not at all. What, what they're actually getting. That's what they're buying. It's not what they're getting. Yeah, they're getting a community. They're getting friends that understand them. And we pull it off of the digital and put it in the real world. So they're connected, not just through Facebook. I mean, that's where it starts. But they make real connections. Um, in person. In person. We have in-person events where they meet up mm -hmm, as well. But yeah. And when we started that whole thing... That was very intentional. We were trying to build a tribe. I've Give been, them something to believe in and rally around. It's critical. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've been able to do that with my cannabis podcast. Mm -hmm. That's given me the opportunity to meet anybody I want. Yeah. So when I say that podcasting is the new blogging, that is really, really true. I can meet anybody I want. Yeah. And very, very quickly, especially helps me because I'm an auditory learner. Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot about that industry, everything that's right and wrong about it. Yeah. So when you're, in, so I'm in person working, you know, at conferences and meetups and stuff like that. It's fun knowing everybody. Yeah. And it brings it, you off of Facebook and into the real world, and you, it's just so you much have richer. A community. Yeah. Because you're if you're sitting around. You know, doing coffee or beer or wine with somebody, ideas just happen. Well, I told you I just joined this group, and that's why I wanted a community. I had to get out of the house. I had to find people like me, and not just on Facebook. So when I saw that on your list, I was very excited. Yeah, so I, I think the takeaway here, Ronnie, is like, you need to get out. Yeah. You need yep. to get out. Go shopping. Stand in line. Turn around. Talk to the person behind you. Talk to the person in front of you. I wouldn't go that far. but No, you need to go farther. <laughs> start meeting people. The introvert people. says, Start nah. meeting people. Yeah, this is, this is how you get over it. Yeah. This is how you All get right, over it. All right, Dad. This is how you... Jeez. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna, I feel like my, my last one here... Like we should have done yours last because that's a really high note. Hopefully, I can. Hopefully, I can live up to that one. 
hope it's not the opposite. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a giant turd. Let's see. Um, most small businesses do not value their worth. I have seen this over yeah. and over and yeah. over this year. Yeah. So, story, story time. My wife and I were out. I won't get into the business or, you know, give you clues about who it was, but we were out buying something. And um, the lady said, um, you know, here's the price. And I said, that's it? And she said, yeah. And then she immediately starts to, like, rationalize why it's so cheap, which were all just lame reasons. And we get in the car to leave, and my wife says, you did it again. Like, what? Says you made her feel bad about her price. I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, not like I didn't jump on her or anything. I just questioned it because I, I thought it was strange because we had already paid her $95 for something. Then she was going to give us five times as much for $135 total. And I'm like, somebody's bad at math. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I, I agreed to pay you 95 for this. I was happy. I want to do more. And now you're going to charge me less? This makes no sense to me. You should be charging me more. And um, so my wife says that I do this all the time with small business owners. And I have. I have done this with my massage therapist. I got her to raise her prices. With my trainer, I got her to raise her prices. I'm like, you're way too cheap. And And... The reason I get so upset about this is because it used to be me. Ah. It used to be me. It used to be me giving away my value. And, and I'm, I'm on this mission to get other people to stop doing it so I don't feel bad about not doing it anymore. But I, I, I just, it used to be me, and I see how I suffered from that. You know, all the pain I caused myself and all the, you know, the mental anguish and the, all the crap that I went through because I didn't believe in what I should be charging. And I see this over and over and over with small business owners. And I'm ready to stamp it out. So, charge more. Charge more. Figure out what you're worth. Don't be afraid of what you're worth. People will pay for it. If you, if you have some of these other things we talked about, like community and like, like a strong brand and all that, people will pay for that. Don't I, sell yourself short. I've been talking to people about sponsorships. People need to raise some serious money for for incubators and nonprofit groups and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm telling them, don't ask for a specific amount of money. Tell people, try to get people to understand whether or not there's value in this or not. If they say there is, ask them how how, how do you think you can help? Yeah, yeah. And you might be surprised the number they come up with. It might be bigger than you think. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think we compete against ourselves before we ever open our mouth to give somebody a price. Competing against yourself, you have no idea. You don't ask enough questions to know what it's worth to somebody. You don't listen to the pain. They're, like the one lady, I'm giving her so much pain. Just make my pain go away. I will happily pay you for it. But no, she went right to the lowest price that, honestly, I don't know how she's surviving. And that's the other thing. As a, as, a, as a consumer, I want you to be around next week. Yes. I, I don't want you to be so cheap that you went out of business. <laughs> well, it's, it, this is a good one. Actually, I was working with, um, with a lady 
who she's been a client for a long time. And just a couple of weeks ago, she was like, these people don't want to take my price. They're, they're, try, they're trying to lowball me. And I told, she goes, how do I get around this? And I said, this is what you need to do. You need to tell them you want me to be successful. You want me to stay around. I literally can't provide you the services that you want for this kind of money. You right. want to pay me more. Yeah. She went and told them that, and they said, okay. Yeah. And this is part of the reason... <laughs> This is part of the reason why I go to these people I work with in my personal life and say, you know, and I'm, I'm not like a, a dick about it, I'm like, but hey, have you thought about, you know, raising your price or whatever and, and encouraging them to do so because I want them to be around next week because right. I enjoy working with them. I like the service they give me and I worry that I look at it and go like, well, are they just going to toss it all in because they're just not making mm-hmm. enough? And, you know, the, sometimes they'll give you clues like... Um, you know, I'm working too many hours. Well, there's a way to solve that. Raise your price, and you don't have to work as many hours. Um, things like that. So, um, I don't know. It's my personal mission, and I get carried away with it it's sometimes. It's a good one. Yeah. I think this is a fine one to finish up on. Okay. I'm glad. I think I think we're all done. That was 10. 10. I've... That was 10. We've had uh, three beers. I haven't finished this one yet. Let me work on that. This has been good. This has been good. It this feels like a, a mellower top ten this year. Think so? No? I feel no. like we're more chill this year. Well, maybe. No? Okay. Maybe it's just me. No, I feel like Maybe I'm, it's because we missed a year. I feel very, I feel actually, I feel like I've been very uh, on a soapbox. I feel like. But maybe, Was this longer but, than seven minutes? But maybe then I'm, maybe I'm chilled. And I'm, maybe the pandemic has worn me down and mm-hmm. I'm not even cognizant of it. Yeah. Well, what about seven minutes? This is longer than seven minutes. Yes. Yeah, we're, we, a little longer. we are at an hour and four minutes. This oh. is probably the longest one we've ever done. Ooh. We, we did ramble today, so. Yeah, usually they're like 45 minutes. That's all right. I didn't want to tell people ahead of time it's going to be 45 minutes. If you've stuck it all those way, then, you know, you are the best. You're yes. the best sales babbler in the world. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Lots going on next week. We're going to talk about goal planning. And we're going to continue to work. My big goal is to get that book, that Dow Sales Battle book, out by this time next year. So I've seen it. I've seen pieces of it. Yes. That's it is been very helpful, too. Yes, good. Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Really, really excited about it. I've, it is going to be a beautiful book. I love the. Nobody, I love what you've done with it. Nobody's doing anything like this. Yeah, it's differentiated yep. as differentiated can be. It's a strong brand, Pat. It is. Yep, it's a strong brand. All right. With that said, take care. We'll see you next Tuesday. Happy twenty three. Happy twenty twenty three. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Sales Babble podcast. Find us at www.salesbabble.com. This is a production of Abenero Media.
Check. This is the Sales Babble Podcast, episode 457, the top 10 sales and marketing tips for 2023 with returning guest, Neil Christensen. This is the Sales Bible Podcast, episode 457. Check, 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 check. One, two, three. 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 This is the Sales Bible Podcast, episode 457. The top 10 sales and marketing tips for 2023 with Neil Christensen. This is the Sales Bible Podcast, episode 457. The top 10 sales and marketing tips for 2023 with returning guest, Neil Christensen. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Listen. 